Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 18th to 24th verse. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our word, Jesus Christ, with an undying love. And this is the word of the Lord. We have arrived. We have arrived at the end of the, uh, our systematic study of the epistle to the Ephesians, uh, the letter. So over the last four months, over the last four months, we've uh, unpacked and examined uh, this letter. And for those of you who have been with us for uh, any portion of the time, uh, longer is better than shorter, obviously. But you, you know how Paul has approached this letter. It's, it's been a systematic writing of... Uh, of giving a, a lawyer-like, as I like to say, a lawyer-like presentation or defense of who God is, who you are, uh, what's our role, uh, you know, this prayer for us that he, uh, he offered, you know, to the Ephesians, but I appropriate that and I take that, uh, this prayer of thanksgiving, you know, this, this, this awesome prayer of thanksgiving that he, he presents. Uh, he presents our purpose in him. He repeatedly talks about in him, in him, in him, in him. Uh, and that our reconciliation vertically demands our unity horizontally. That as we are in him, that, are we, that we are tied in him, then necessarily, you know, as a, as a good bath would help pig pen with peanuts, you know, necessarily a, 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 a vertical, a solid vertical relationship with him will, will take away all the kinks with us. So, you know, it's like if, 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 if uh, someone's cantankerous, or maybe that's someone's me, then, uh, then I need to, I need to uh, evaluate my connection in him, in, in him. Again, if, it's like if, if, <laughs> if everywhere I go, there's always drama, after a while, I might be just like, maybe it's me. You know, it just, you know, it could be me. I'm just suggesting. I'm just, I, it could be. Uh, but he also presents how everything we are and called to be is to be lived out in him in the most intimate of relationships. And that's why he dives deep and he talks about uh, the submission uh, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, 
children uh, to parents. Parents, don't exacerbate. Don't, don't frustrate your kids either. Uh, you know, it's none of this one-way stuff. Do as I say, not as I do. You know, I, I'm the alpha male. I'm the alpha female. Just, just do what I say. No, it's, it's, that's not the gospel. It's mutual submission. Uh, and so that's why Paul exhorts the children, fathers, slaves, and masters, to live out everything they've been taught and know to do. Everything that we are in Christ, all of the things that, uh, if, if there is no, as, as my wife likes to talk about, you know, when we give Bible lessons, if there's no point of application, then what's the point of the lesson? If there's no point of application, what's the point of the lesson? I don't, you know, I guess, I guess you know, for some people, you know, the, the, you know professors or whatever, they want to know the Bible, and they, they might even know it, know it, uh, the words uh, better, you know, than I do. But it's, it's, it's just not a wooden reading, it's a depth of understanding. And with a depth of understanding comes a translation in our behavior. And that is the application. Transformation. And that's, that's the whole point and purpose and thrust of the trajectory of the letter. Paul is writing to, again, this is the first century. Keep this in mind. And he's doing a little recap. We won't be before you too long. Uh, but this is the first century. Stuff is getting ready to go down. Paul is, Paul is already in prison. His, 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 as he said later in another book, my, my, I, my life is get, I'm getting ready to be poured out as a drink offering. I know my fate. I, I, know, I know what's going to happen to me. You know, we, we, we think we know. It's like, it's like look, I know my time is up. And again, as, as one, one uh, uh, minister friend uh, uh, shared with me, and I share with you, and I share with others uh, often, I've got this much time. I don't have this much time. See, if you, if you know you only have this much time, it would be prudent. It would be prudent that you would make everything that you do count. I don't have this much time to do do-overs. Uh, you know, it's like when I was young and, and, and I knew everything, and I did. When I was young, I knew everything. I knew everything, just like a lot of young people. They know everything. And then when you find out life and situations come up, it's like, well, maybe I didn't know everything. But you get a chance for a do-over. You know, God gives us grace that way. You get a do-over. It's like, but in my station of life, there ain't no do-overs. <laughs> It do over for what? It's just like, so, so as I keep sharing with the, particularly the younger folks, it's like I'm doing my best to pour myself into you so that when I am no longer here physically, I am still here living through you. And so I get to buy the extra 30 or 40 years that you, that, that you will be able to live beyond uh, all of it. And that's what Paul is doing. That's where he's at. My life is over. I'm in prison. I know my fate. I know where I'm going. He asked for prayer. We'll get to that. But, but he's, he's like, it's, 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 it's a wrap, as the youth would say. It's a wrap. So now what? what so, so now that I know my life is a wrap, what do I want to do? I want to impart to you the truths that will help you. I'll never forget. It's get me crying. Start thinking about it. You know me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a faucet. Uh, <laughs> But my father, every time he would drop me off at, at, in high school, every time he dropped me off, his words to me, his admonition to me was, study hard. Remember, it's you. Study hard. Remember, it's you. <laughs> I had the temerity to ask, Dad, what does that mean? <laughs> he said, son, I've got my education. I've got my life. You don't. Study hard. 
remember it's you. What you do will necessarily benefit you. So the, so the corners you cut, the tests that you, oh, it was good enough, I'm telling you, it will catch up to you. Somewhere along the line, it will catch up. And it's like, and I, I've had, three, again, I'm just, I'm just telling you facts. I've had three, three four-unit courses of calculus, one four-unit course of differential equations. I don't know beans about math. <laughs> I sure wish I'd studied harder. I sure wish I'd really, instead of just doing things rotely to get a grade, I really wish I had dialed in to really understand what's the significance behind all of this. You, will, you can, and, and I want you to, I, I really do want you to, but you can systematically read the Word every day for a year. You've got those little plans. You read a little bit of New Testament, read a little Old Testament, read a little Psalms or Proverbs, and when you're done, all you can say is, well, I read the Bible in a year. Where's the application? Where's the living it out? So if it's just a wooden reading, that's all it is, just a wooden reading. You want, you want transformation, at least I do. So, well, the last time we explored the 10th through the 17th verse of the 6th chapter, and we saw where Paul wrote, uh, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, after everything that I've just shared with you, finally, uh, I've presented you. Here's my last pitch, the takeaway, the, 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 the ticket for the whole letter. It's a pretty lengthy letter that he's written. He, again, again, you're thinking about the, uh, the, the, the material, the papyrus, or whatever the, the script that he's using. This stuff, is, you can't go to Staples and just get this for a penny a sheet or something. This is a big deal. And not only that, and as we'll see later, uh, you didn't put a stamp on it and hope it got there. If you wanted the information to get there, you better send it by a courier. Someone you can trust. So it's like, I've written this, I've taken the time, I've dictated probably, uh, because my, I'm, I'm shackled, pretty tough to, to write if I'm shackled up. But okay, uh, uh, I want you to take a note, take a letter, and this is, that's what I wear. So after all of that, I say, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, I'm giving the directive and the means, the what and the how. The what and the how. Our strength is not derived from ourselves. We're not, we're not, it's like, okay, be strong in you. Do the best you can. Grit your teeth. Pump the iron. You know, it's like, no, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In his mighty power. The means, the what, and the how. And he continues on. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, so you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. So now he goes, he not only gives the what and the how, but the why. This is why you do this. I'm not just telling you to do this because you got nothing else to do. I'm telling you, you need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And you need to put on the full armor of God. Why? So you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Uh, you're to prepare for an attack. Uh, the evil one is going to come at you. And in order for you to, uh, uh, the implication is, if you don't put on the full armor of God, then you can't take your stand against the devil's schemes. Right, right, right. What would I look like 
Uh, I'd look like a pudgy 50-year-old something uh, guy. What would I look like suited up trying to play football for the 49ers or the Raiders? Well, the Raiders could use me, but the, but, 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 but the, but the 49ers, they really can. Uh, what, what would I look like suited up to play football without a helmet? or without the shoulder pads, or without the cleats, or whatever. It, you, you would look like you're going to get hurt. You're, you're slow afoot. You're not properly attired. And these guys are moving fast, and you're partially equipped. So, again, the implication is if you don't put on the full armor, you won't be able to withstand the devil's scheme. And then he goes on to detail, and again, this is just a recap, details what the armor is. A belt of truth buckled around your waist a breastplate of righteousness that's in place, feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And he goes on, there's more. Uh, the, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, and again, as I, as I, can, I can see in my own mind's eye, I can see Paul thinking as he's looking at the, the soldiers that's guarding him, the soldiers that are guarding him, all garbed up, all suited up, Suited and booted, got the, got the breastplate, the helmet, the sword, the shield, the, just, just, just look and fly. And he's like, if you only knew, if you only knew, the battle, you're, you're, you're dressed for a physical war, but really, truth be told, the war is spiritual. It's not physical. It's, it's not physical, it's, it's, as we shared with the men in, in men's fellowship. It's a, the battle that rages, and men know this more than probably women. I, maybe I'm going out on a limb. Is that the battle is in the mind. It really is in the mind. The battle, the, 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 the faithfulness battle, the, 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 the do the right thing battle. It's in the mind. And if you lose it there, then the body will follow. But the, the battle starts right here. That's, 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 that's where it starts. And that's why it's so important that you put on the whole armor because this is a spiritual battle that we're waging. So you, these are the things you need to wear. So today we're going to conclude our study, uh, and we start off in the 18th verse. And continuing with this whole theme of the spiritual armor, don't lose this, and this is just kind of a continuous stream that, that Paul is, 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 is dictating or writing uh, uh, about the armor, what we're to wear. And he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, so what are we, what are we uh, to, to, to glean from just this 18th verse? Well, first thing, prayer is spirit-centered. Prayer is spirit-centered. Prayer is spirit-centered. Well, what, what other thing would prayer? I'm not sure what, what your prayers are. I know in my youth, when I knew everything, my prayers weren't spirit-centered. Well, what were they? Well, they were, again, they were more like orders. I was trying to get my burger medium, medium well uh, with mayo and pickle and, uh, and french fries extra crisp. I know, we call them prayers. Was, they were orders. God, I need you to do this. I need you to go fix that. Go fetch that for me over here. Clean the path out over here. I, I just, just, just do, do stuff for me. You are the bellhop, the cosmic bellhop, aren't you? Uh, you, you, you? You take orders, right? 
I know, I know, I'm just, I'm just like, well, how are you supposed to pray? Well, you're supposed to pray in the Spirit. Oh, okay, so what does that mean? It, 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 the way the, the pray in, uh, in the Greek, how it's translated, it can have kind of different meanings. It can be by the means of, with the help of, in the sphere of, or in connection to. Praying in the Spirit doesn't refer to the words that you're saying. Well, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And maybe if I chant enough, maybe I'll start to uh, uh, say some things that are unintelligible, and I'll call that speaking in tongues. That's not what praying in the, that is not what praying in the Spirit is. That is not, that, that's, that's not what praying in the Spirit is. Praying in the Spirit is praying in a way that is consistent with the Spirit of the living God. It's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. He's like, delight myself in the Lord. He'll give me the desires of my heart. Delight myself in the Lord. He'll give me the desires of my heart. Okay, Lord, I want a million dollars. Oh, he's not going to give that to me, so I need to delight myself into him first. <laughs> so I'm going to pretend. I'm going to, I won't even pretend. I'm going to convince myself in my mind. I'm going to really try and be good. And I can think I can do it for more than 30 seconds. And I'm going to really try and be good. And God will give me the million dollars. Oh, come on. Seriously? Seriously. It's a funny thing. Is I delight myself in him. The stuff that I would otherwise ask for as a kid. You know, G.I. Joes and trucks and tanks and all of that stuff are cool when you're five and six. I'd look pretty pathetic when I'm 56. So the things that I pray for in my juvenile spirituality, if you will, that's one thing. But as I delight myself into him and I draw close to him and he draws close to me, then it's a funny thing that how what I want to do more than anything is please daddy. I want to make him happy. How do I do that? I don't know. I need to, I need to be in him. I can't please Gail if I don't know again. She's not a flower lady. She doesn't want flowers. She's like, let me help you out. You know, the $50, $60 that you're spending on flowers, I'd rather have a gift card to a good restaurant. That's what would please me. So we don't do that. But she's a foodie. Just ask her. She's a foodie. I love her. I love me some Gail. But she, see, see, but that's, that's being in her. I know her, and so now her, her retort to me sometimes when I was like, she'll say something, I was like, you really don't mean that. Pause. You think you know me, don't you? <laughs> I was like, I know you. I love you, so I know you. If I love him, I know him. And if I know him, then I want to please him. How do you please him in everything that I say and do? The jobs I take or don't take. The times that Brother Jones and I, we come in the morning, 6.30, 7 o'clock, every Sunday morning. I'll never forget. He doesn't know how much he has seared me. He said, a, a, a fool, a person with a half a brain would say, to God be the glory. To be given the opportunity, the privilege to serve God in this way? What a privilege. Oh, no, it's a burden. I don't want to have to do this. I'd rather sleep in. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. I want to please him. It's praying in the spirit. 
It refers to how we are praying. Romans 8.26 tells us in the same way. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, half the time we don't even know what to pray for. I'm just being, I'm just, I'm being real and I'm being scriptural. That's what, that's what Paul said to the Roman church. A lot of times, it's, that's why, you know, it's like, again, don't look at me funny. I just like, Pastor Meeks, you were some kind of weird. It's like, you know, it's just like half the time, it's like when I'm getting ready to go into prayer. It's like, you know what, God, you know, this is going to be a waste of your time and mine. Because I'm not there. I, I, I'm not there. I, I know you. And if I were to just go rotely and just bow and just and say, okay, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord to soul to keep. It's like it won't do him any good. It won't praise him. It won't exalt him. And it will not edify me. So does that mean not to pray? No, that means you need to, get your, you need to pray in the spirit. You need to, you need to all the more focus your, your mind, your soul, everything that's in you. God, you know me. So as he said to the Romans, see, in our infirmities, the Spirit works, is speaking on our behalf. When we don't even know what to say, what to ask for. See, if we're in him, he's like, hey, fill in the blank. It's like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, Mark asked for a million dollars. Jesus interpreting to God, to the Father, saying, uh, he wants more of you, Father. Well, that's not what I asked for. I got this one, Mark. Just, 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 just. <laughs> Just, just down, down. He intercedes for us. We don't even know what to pray for, but he intercedes for us uh, with groans that words cannot express. So what else is Paul saying? Um, effective, fervent prayer is impossible without the Spirit's involvement. So prayer is for all occasions. It says right there, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. The word kairos, seasons, times. Uh, it's, 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 you pray, if, if, if there seems to be a season as we experience, even our small assembly, a season of illness that was just sweeping through our congregation, then that's the time to pray for that specific thing. You know, there's a lot of illness going on, Father. I ask that you just touch, that you would just bless and intercede uh, physically with all of the folks that are at City Church. You know who they are. You know their conditions. Touch them. Well, then there's a season of, of unemployment or underemployment. Father, bless. And it's just the, the reports that you keep giving back now. Uh, uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say it's Mark's prayers, but it's all of our prayers. It's like... There's a blessing here. I've got an interview here. I've got a job here. I've got cured of cancer here. It's just like, will God always answer in the way we want? No, but if we're in him, whatever the answer is, we're going to be okay with that. Well, this is going on. This is going on. And, and again, the more we are blessed, expect the, the attack of the enemy. So what else does it, uh, what else is Paul talking about? Prayer requires our attention. Why? He says, be alert. With this in mind. Be alert. Be alert. Be vigilant. Be on the ready. Don't, don't, don't approach God. Don't approach our spiritual walk nonchalantly. Okay, well, I'll just, you know. Now, see, that's when you're getting ready to get uh, knocked on your backside. When you just kind of just, just you know, it's like a boxer in, in a ring. It's like, okay, it's like I'm, I got my guard down. Bam, you got to hit right on the chin. 
And you didn't see that one coming, did you? No, you didn't. You weren't alert. So it requires our attention. And what else? It's continual. He says, keep on praying. And prayer is 360. It's communal. Why do you see that? Because it's for all of God's people. It requires our attention. It's continual. It's communal. And Paul goes on to write, praying is for others, including me. Pray also for me. Pray for me. No, 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 that's not Paul talking. That's Mark David Meeks talking. Pray for me. Pray for me that whenever I speak, the words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. See, Paul's prayer is not a prayer as, as I would probably pray, Lord, loose these chains, get me out of this dungeon. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. You don't read that anywhere. He says, pray for me. That whenever I speak, the words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make that the, the situation I'm in. See, a lot of the situations we're in, we're trying to get out of. We're, we're, we're trying to get out of, and God is like, look, I need you right here because someone's going to cross your path, and I need you to be light and salt to that person. So instead of fighting, trying to get out of that situation, it's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to use you, or I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to teach you to depend on me, to have faith in me, to trust me. See, but that coworker that we, maybe we just feel like we can't stand, we don't want to be around. And it's like, that's exactly who I want you to be around. So not only will you be transformed, you will be the transforming agent for that person that doesn't know Christ. Oh, I need to go here. I want to make this. I want this promotion. I want that. I want that. There's, there's nothing wrong, and then there's everything wrong with just, it, it, are you in him? Are you in him? All of us are ambassadors. All of us have the opportunity. Uh, let me re rephrase that. The obligation to preach the gospel fearlessly, confidently, boldly. See, Paul is focused on pleasing God and encouraging the Christians as he concludes, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. See, this man had accompanied Paul on his final missionary trip to Jerusalem. And Paul had used them to carry messages both to, the, to Ephesus and to Colossae. And Paul, and, and the message Paul wants to, uh, to convey is one of encouragement. Don't, don't weep for my situation. I want, I want to encourage you. I want, I want to encourage, because you know what? I'm an ambassador in chains. God has me in this situation for a specific reason, and this is, uh, this, the whole point of this is to encourage you. So I, I, I conclude with peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Grace. Charis. Shalom.
we've talked about this on numerous occasions. We won't dive deep in it, but just let it know that the grace, the shalom, the charis, the Greek word charis, it's, 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 it's not just the absence of conflict. See, again, you cannot have conflict in the home, physical conflict, they'd still not have peace. Yeah, you could have a whole lot of tension going on. And so what Paul is, 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 is praying for them, I know my situation, I know my role, and now what I'm praying for you, and as I pray for you every morning at 9 o'clock, I pray for City Church. Every morning at 9 o'clock, I, I'm praying for you. I invite you to pray for me too. Uh, but, I, but, but I pray for you, for your peace. Because particularly with the younger set, we're so busy, uh, peace is about the last thing that we, we, we get to actually uh, uh, enjoy or participate in. Because life uh, and peace just don't go hand in hand. See? And Paul is praying, I'm praying for your peace. I'm praying uh, that you have an undying love. What is that? You've seen those zombie things, you know, those zombie movies. They never die. You know, they just, they're, they're just the undead. They just keep going and going and going. It's like he chopped the head off and it still moves around. That's the kind of love he's talking about. It's, it's, it's an immortal, uncorruptible love. It's a love that perseveres. You, you know, I want you to love God as close as you could approximate to his love for you. What kind of love did he have for us? That when we were yet sinners, he came and he died for us. When Jesus was the last thing on our mind, and it was part, just, just my, the only thing that I was consumed with, with is getting what I wanted out of life. That's when Jesus died for us. And now that we, we are, the, the, the tiller of the ship has kind of pivoted us a little bit now, so now we're, we're kind of blowing towards him. He's saying, I want you to have a love that is undying, that is un, in, uncorruptible, that, that will persevere through sickness, through divorce, through pain, through job loss, through housing loss, through whatever. I want you to love him that way. Why? Because he loves you that way. And as I pursue him with that fearlessness, if I, as I pursue him in that way, just not, only will he be, not only will he be glorified, we'll be edified, and the body of Christ will be unified. I'm, I'm done. Uh, this has been an incredible ride in, uh, in this book of uh, Ephesians. So what are we to take, I mean, seriously, what are we to take from uh, all of this? What, if, again, you were to sum all of this up, what is Paul's closing admonition? Pray always. P.S. I love you. What would be the last thing you would want to communicate to someone you knew, you just knew, this is, you know, this is probably going to be my last communication with this person. There will be a last. See, we don't like to think about that. There will be a last something. There will be a last goodbye. There will be, you know, it's good, good, goodbye, honey, I'll see you in this afternoon. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Good night, I'll see you in the morning. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. What is the last thing you want to have on your lips or to be communicated to someone as Paul has this, this, this desire for this church at Ephesus? I want you to pray 
I want you to pray all the time, and I also want you to know I love you. But my love for you can't even come close to the love that God has for you. So it only makes sense that as he loves us with an undying love, we ought to reciprocate that as best we can within our human frailty. But that's if we're in him. If we're in him, then it comes out all right. That is the letter to the Ephesians. Let's pray.